Hello there and welcome to another episode of the Salt Mines X-Wing podcast, a podcast dedicated to the backbone of the X-Wing community. That's right, people just like you doing what they can to get better at the game. I'm your host, Sailor Joe. Today we're going to talk about bombers, the YT-2400, and my never-ending quest for a store champ invite. But first... Our first segment. And being that this week's episode is all about our new TIE Bombers and YT-2400s, I've got a 2-4 for you this this week. We've got an Empire list and a Rebel list. So we'll start with the Empire. And we've got Starter Pack Vader. Paired with Merrick Steel with fire control system and afterburners. Then um, we've got The Boys, Backstabber, and Mauler Mithil. And then as the last addition to the list, we have the new Tomax Bryn um, with True Grit, Plasma Torps, and Ion Bombs. So the idea here is you've got the boys as a pair, you've got Merrick and Tomax as a pair, and then you've got Vader kind of doing whatever the heck he wants to do. Um, and that one-two punch of the Plasma Torps slash Merrick Steel is just nasty. So anyway, that's the Empire list. Let me know what you think in the Discord. Let's move to the Rebel list. And in the Rebel list... We've got Han Solo, of course, with Chopper, Perceptive Copilot, Piston, Engine Upgrade, Millennium Falcon, Luke Skywalker, this is Boy Luke, Sabine Renan the TIE Fighter with Beskar Reinforced Plating, and the last one rounding out that list is actually Lebo in the YT-2400, and this is new customizable Lebo at six points with Notorious, False Transponder Codes, Ablative Plating, and the Outrider title. And that gives you uh, two basically mean large base ships that can kite around the outside, and then Sabine to get objectives, and Luke to punch whoever he wants to punch. Um... So, and this one actually gives you three objective ships, whereas the other version of this list that I was flying um, only gives you two objective runners. So, it's it's a little bit different, but you have two large base ships, so you've got to kind of manage that. Let's head into our next segment. Alright, we actually have some rules to read this week, so let's go ahead and get started. This first one is Seismic Charge Detonation Dealing 1 Standard Damage instead of Units Suffering Damage. OP. The adjustment to the decimal... Blah, 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 blah. The adjustment to the detonation rule for Seismic Charges in the Rules Reference version 1.4.5, effective 6-9-2023, is as follows. Quote... When the device detonates, choose one obstacle range 0 to 1. The object deals one standard damage to each ship and remote at range 0 to 1, then remove that obstacle, end quote. For reference, this is the rule from version 1.4.4, effective 10.28.2022. Quote, when the device detonates, 
Detonates, choose one obstacle range 0 to 1. Each ship and remote at range 0 to 1 of the obstacle suffers one standard damage. Then remove that obstacle. End quote. Page 9 in the current and previous rules reference describes the distinction between what is similar but not exact wording in the question above. Being dealt a damage card is described as something different than suffering damage. Quote, if an effect instructs a player to deal a damage card to a ship, this is different than the ship suffering damage. The card is dealt to the ship regardless of whether the ship has any active shields. End quote. Is the ultimate outcome of the adjusted rule that ships and remotes still, quote, suffer damage, end quote, like the previous version's rules, such as the ships with active shield charge flip them to inactive, or is the intent that ships are dealt a damage card? Thank you. Answer. The ship or remote will suffer one damage from the obstacle being detonated to be resolved in the standard manner. The obstacle is not specifically dealing a damage card to the ship or remote. All right. Good to know. Next one. Chopper crew and bump. OP. Hello there. I have... A Han Solo YT-1300 Rebel with three stress from Panic Pilot. He moves, reveals a three straight, clears one stress, and overlaps an enemy ship. Can he take the red focus from the overlap with Chopper's abilities? Best regards. Answer. No, Chopper's ability is limited to the Perform Action step, so it would not affect any action taken outside of the Perform Action step. That's good to know if you're flying Han. Alright, next question. S-Foils T-65 and T-70 at attack range 0. OP. How does the attack at range 0 works with S-Foils closed. On the T-65, would you roll three dice at range zero? But since the closed foils say you should roll one fewer dice, you roll two dice, right? And on the T-70, would be the same, but if the bumped enemy is in your bullseye, would you be able to roll three dice? Answer. When attacking at range zero, dice, attack dice cannot be added but they can be removed. A T-65 with closed server, server motor S-foils performing a primary attack at range 0 will roll 2 dice because it rolls 1 fewer than its native 3 die attack. A T-70 with closed integrated S-foils performing a primary attack at range 0 depends on whether the defender is in the bullseye arc. If the defender is in the bullseye arc, it will attack with three dice, but if the defender is not in the bullseye arc, then it will attack with two dice, one fewer than its native three dice attack. Also good to know. Alright, next question. Collision detector and gas clouds. OP. If I have a pilot with collision detector upgrade and they overlap a gas cloud, then active activate their collision detector while they are at range zero of a gas cloud can my opponent ship lock that pilot answer if a player spends one of the collision detectors charge 
It means the ship ignores all the effects of the obstacle until the end of the round. For gas clouds, this means that both the cannot acquire locks and cannot be locked effects are ignored, and as a result, the opponent's ships are able to lock the ship with the active collision detector. Okay. And then the last one that we'll read this week is Tomax Bren TIE Bomber Ability. OP. Man, I feel like I've already read this one. I might have read some rules. Anyway, whatever. When Tomax Bren's ability to... Would Tomax Bren's ability to recover a non-recurring charge like crack shot? Answer is yes. And I think we did read that one last week. So I just read a bunch of ones that we've already read in the past, but that's okay. Let's head into the next topic. Now, what I wanted to do with this episode is actually take a look at what came in the two newest packs that came out, so the newest release. So for those of you that have already listened to Gold Squadron this week, you already know what I'm going to talk about it. But in this case, you'll get my specific take on it. So keep listening or not, whichever one is up to you. So we'll start with the YT-2400. And in the YT-2400, we get customized Dash and Lebo. So Dash and for the Rebellion. And Dash's ability reads, during the engagement phase, you ignore the effects of obstacles you are overlapping. And Lebo's reads, after you defend or perform an attack, if you spent a Calculate token, gain one Calculate token. And they both have Sensor Blackout. Now, with that, we also get these new beautiful art cards. And these are, I mean, the art on them is just gorgeous. And what you get in the pack for customizable cards is Lone Wolf, one copy of Lone Wolf, one copy of Prockets, one copy of Heavy Laser Cannon, which is interesting because I don't know that either of them have a... um, A cannon slot. So that's weird. A copy of Lando Calrissian. A copy of Hotshot Gunner. Copy of Veteran Turret Gunner. Copy of Red Cargo Shoot. And a copy of the Outrider title. Which reads, while you perform a primary attack at range 3, roll one additional attack die. While you perform an attack that is obstructed by an obstacle, you may change one of the defender's evades evade results to an eyeball result so kind of like a built-in juke and man these cards the art on these cards is beautiful now in this pack you also get two or four standard loadout cards you get uh scum dash and lebo and then rebel dash and lebo and their pilot abilities are the same on both um So I'll just read one of each. So for Scum Dash, you get after you gain a red token as a result of moving through or overlapping an obstacle, you may transfer that red token to a friendly ship at 0 to 1. And he comes with Mercenary, which is 
After another friendly ship at range 0-2 is destroyed, before it is removed from the play area, transfer one of its green tokens to yourself. Comes with Seeker Missiles, which is an attack, four charges, attack, spend one charge. During the modify attack die step, you may spend up to two additional charges. Change one eye to a hit for each charge spent this way. Also comes with Lebo, which is after you repair a damage card, you may perform an action in your action bar. And then the Outrider title, which is one pip unique, which we already read. And then Lebo is his pilot ability reads, at the end of the engagement phase, you may spend a calculate token to acquire a lock on an enemy ship at range 2 to 3. He comes with efficient process. Efficient Processing, which is after you perform a Calculate action, gain one Calculate token. He also has Seeker Missiles and the Outrider title. And then the Rebel and um, the Rebel pilots are the same for those standard loadout ones. So that's the YT-2400. Let's look at what comes in the Bomber Pack. So the Bomber Pack you get customizable Deathfire, Major Rhymer, Captain Jonas, Tomex Bren, two Gamma Squadron Aces, and two Scimitar Pilots. Everything's still the same on those, although these have the beautiful alt art, or full art on the back, which is, I mean, just gorgeous. I really love what AMG's doing with uh, these cards. Then we get... Two copies of Advanced Proton Torpedoes in the new art. Two copies of Proton Bombs in the new art. A copy of Connernet in the new art. A copy of Seismic Charges in the new art. These are all new art, so just assume from here on out that that is. A copy of Cluster Missiles. A copy of Saturation Salvo. A copy of Iron Missiles. Skilled Bombardier. Ion, two copies of Ion Bombs. Two copies of Feedback Ping and two copies of Disciplined. And man, the art on these, that full art on the back of these cards is just mwah, the chef's kiss. Now, you also get one, two, three, four new standard loadout cards. So we'll start with Deathfire. And his pilot ability reads, after you fully execute a three a speed 3 to 5 maneuver, if you have not dropped or launched a device this round, you may spend 2 to drop or launch a bomb using the 3 straight template. And, um, hold on one second, I just have to look up something... I'm just checking the errata because I know there's some new stuff that came out in the errata and I want to make sure that we're catching it all. Okay, nothing in the errata for these as of yet. Um, we'll see if there is anything here. And um, Deathfire, sorry, um, 
comes with Swift Approach, which is during the system phase after you drop or launch a device, you may perform a white barrel or boost action even while stressed. Connor nets, so one charge. And proton bombs, two charges. Then you've got Major Rhymer, whose pilot ability reads, While you perform a torpedo attack, if the defender is in your bullseye, change one focus result to a crit result. He's carrying advanced proton torpedoes, automated loaders with one charge, non-recurring, which is after you perform a primary attack, you may spin one charge to perform a reload action. After you perform a primary attack. I hope I didn't say non. If I said non, it's after you perform a primary attack. And then afterburners, two charges. We know what afterburners does. So that's Major Rhymer. Then we've got Captain Jonas. Whose pilot ability reads, after you drop or launch a device, gain an evade token. His He comes with top cover, which is after a friendly ship at 0 to 1 defends. If you have not dropped or launched a device this round, you may launch a device using the three banks or straight templates. You ignore the effects of friendly devices. Captain Jonas also has barrage rockets and proton bombs. So that's a pretty nifty ability. And then the last one is the new Tomax Bren, which we talked about at the beginning of the episode. But again, that's after you, his pilot ability is after you perform a barrel action, you may spend two charges, and they are recurring, if you do gain a focus token. So, And he comes with True Grit, which is at the end of the activation phase. If you are not strained, you may gain one strain token to remove one non-lock red or orange token. Plasma Torpedoes, and Ion Bombs. So you could reload either those Plasma Torpedoes or Ion Bombs, and um, then at the end of the activation phase... No, I'm sorry. Yeah, because you activate, you take an action. So yeah, the end of the activation phase, you could get rid of that disarm token uh, for a strain, which could be nasty. So let's talk about points. How do the points break out on these? Well, uh, Deathfire has the standard loadout. Comes in at three points. Captain Jonas in standard loadout comes in at five points. Major Rhymer comes in at four points. And Tomax comes in at three points. That's all good to know. And then in the Rebels YT-2400, we have uh, customizable and standard loadout Lebo coming in at six points. And old Lebo with four dice banned. Um, And then old Dash with four dice banned. And new Dash and new... So customizable and standard loadout dash, both coming in at 7. And then uh, there's one other change in this document. 
Oh, we got to read scum. So scum dash is seven, and scum lebo is six. Wow, I think Gold Squadron got that wrong. They said scum lebo was seven. He's six. Good to know. All right, and then the only other change is Mace Windu um, got his modification slot back in the Delta 7. And... Oh, you got the configuration slot. Sorry, I'm I can't read today. So anyway, that's what came in those packs. Now, the reason that I wanted to talk about it, what I really wanted to do on this episode is see what early impact we could see from these new these new ships, right? What effect is it going to have on the meta? And so I figured, well, there's all kinds of store champ tournaments going on surely more than one allowed new ships to be flown. Well, I was wrong. Only one tournament allowed the uh, new ships and uh, to be flown in the tournament, and that was actually the one that I was at over the this last weekend, which was Gamers Guild in Arizona. And um, interestingly enough... The there were two instances of these new ships that actually did somewhat well in the list. And so we have our number eight person was flying an Empire list, and we see Darth Vader uh, with Squadron Packed Darth Vader, Fifth Brother with Instinctive Aim and Concussion Missiles, Tomax Bren, so this is the new Tomax. Major Reimer with Sat Salvo Barrage Rockets, Seismic Charges, Delayed Fuses, and then Merrick Steel with Fire Control System and Afterburners. Now this was my first round opponent, and it was a very close game, um, but he ultimately got me. Um, so it was good, good to see him come into the top eight. Now the other one that I want to talk about was, and I didn't play this one, but this list is going to seem awful familiar. But you've got Lebo in the 2400 with Notorious False Transponder Codes of Bladed Plating and Outrider. Sabine Wren in the TIE Fighter with Beskar Reinforced Plating. Boy Luke. And then Han Solo with Perceptive Copilot, Chopper, Biston, Engine Upgrade, and Millennium Falcon. So, yes, I did steal that list. It's okay. Net listing is okay. But... I think that's the uh, that's kind of the newest iteration of the Han Chopper list, where I think Lebo actually does a slightly better job. Um, but I'm thinking this next weekend, as we see Nova and um, any other store champs that are going on, that I think we're going to see both of these ships have an impact in the meta, and I'm excited. I'm very excited to see that. So, that covers all of that. Let's talk about the last thing, which is how I did at this 
well, 21-person tournament. So what did I fly? I flew Han, Finrau, Luke, and Keo. Um, and I came in 20th out of 21. Yes, you heard me right. 20th out of 21. Um, there, there is a story behind that. So I lost my first round. Um, incredibly close game, but I made some mistakes. Right? We get into the second one. And there was some incredible dice variants that went against me. But ultimately, my opponent and I decided that the game... The linchpin of the game that ultimately cascaded to my loss was barrel rolling Luke to the right instead of left. If I would have barrel rolled Luke to the left, I would have put him in a different position to threaten a different area of the board, um, which would have made a difference in the overall length of the game. Which kind of leads me to another point that I wanted to bring up, which is how do you know if something, if a game result is player skill or variance, or I'm sorry, player decision or variance, as far as the uh, overall outcome? And I think the answer is always a little bit of both. Um, Obviously, there's some, if you're taking shots with AC-ish ships, then you're not flying them to the most optimal, the most optimal way possible. So you're putting yourself in a position for variance to matter more. Um, And I think that's one of the areas that I personally need to improve in with the game is um, putting myself in a position where variance doesn't matter as much. Variance is always going to matter in this game. But you have to put yourself in a position where it doesn't matter as much. So there now I'm 0-2, right? Heading into the third round, um, I play my opponent. Um, it was a very fun game. Um, I don't know how old my opponent was, but uh, he couldn't have been more than 12. Um, probably younger. Um, we, we went through the game. Um, had the points all calculated out and then before we could submit anything I said hold on a second and I went and I talked to my son who also came out with me and see we drove out to Arizona my brother and his family live in Arizona so I asked my son I'm like hey how are you doing in the tournament he's like I'm not doing so great I'm like okay do you want to just drop this next round and go hang out with your uncle Daniel and uh, and your cousins, and he's like, "Yeah, let's do that." So then I walk back over to my opponent and I say, "I concede," and um, that's how I go zero <laughs> and three, 
and end up um, second to last in a 21-person store championship event. Um, It was fun. I had a good time looking back on it only because I was able to sit down with my round two opponent and really discuss whether it was variance or pilot decision that ultimately led to my loss. And I'm in a better place now because of that. So now uh, I don't think I have any events this weekend. We'll see if I do. Um, But I tell you, with the new ships out, I was... Uh, excited to paint so I've actually painted up an extra YT2400 that I had I'm looking forward to putting Lebo on the table and flying this list and if it goes badly then I'm probably just going to go back to the first order Um, because I love the first order and you got to fly what you love in this game and I only have so many more opportunities to get an invite before I'm stuck just going to the LCQ again, if they even have it. And I've kind of accepted that I may not get a world's invite. So there's that. But anyway, let's head into the last bit. Which new pack are you most excited about? This is Sailor Joe, signing off.